Hello and welcome to Reset Your Thinking podcast. My name is Alex Segan and I'm really excited to be here on this podcast series with you as together we explore why you do what you do and what it is that makes you tick. You know, we spend our whole lives creating our reality and there's so much more that we can learn about ourselves and others. So grab yourself a cuppa and if you're in your car, turn up the sound and let's take a deep dive into how you can reset your thinking so that you can become the best version of yourself you can possibly be by extracting your true potential, bringing you strength, motivation and fulfillment. Okay, let's get started. All right, and welcome to Reset Your Thinking podcast. I'm Alexandra Egan, your host for today. And today we're going to be talking about self-parenting with Dakota. Welcome, Dakota. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm terrific. So self-parenting, let's talk a little bit about that. Tell me what that means for you. Well, for me, it means um, internally... Uh, managing and um, being productive, like kind of just internal management, I guess. Um, so the way that I view kind of my brain is there's, uh, there's me, which is just pure chaotic energy. And then there's the voice of reason in, in the back of my head that also is the, the voice of love and kindness and care. And that's why I call it self-parenting is mm-hmm. because it's the voice that guides me through anything I might be finding difficult or challenging, whether it's just not being able to concentrate during a class or if it's I'm having a breakdown. Um, my brain is also really good at managing it uh, wow. and just treating myself with kind, kindness and respect. Well done. Well done. That's brilliant. And that's um, it takes practice to get to that though, doesn't it? And to be able to have, uh, I guess, the emotional intelligence to pause, step back and give yourself that space to listen to the voice of reason. Uh, And it doesn't always happen automatically. So it is something, it is a learned behavior. If I may ask Dakota, you, you, you know, you, um, you mentioned that you listen to the voice of reason. How do you know what that voice of reason is. How have you learned that? I usually, it's, it's very difficult because um, I kind of view my kind of raw chaotic energy as kind of like my inner child. Um, and it's been really difficult because I've, I've dealt with um, a lot of mental illnesses such as like depression, anxiety. I've dealt with eating disorders. Um, I've, self-har- I've self-harmed and unfortunately, a lot of those mental illnesses take the disguise of a voice of reason Mm. for me personally. So it's always saying that, you know, Oh, you feel best when your stomach looks like this. So if you do this, your stomach will be like this. And it's, and it ends up really bad for me. And I think the way that I've learned um, and my inner child, I guess, has learned that this is not the person we should be listening to. Um, That's not real. That's, that's illness Um, is basically, is this going to help me? Is this helping my body? Um, and is this healthy? And what the definition of healthy is for me is, um, do I would say like, do neurotypical people do this? And are you doing it for the right reason? Mm. So what I mean is like, for example, like with my eating disorder, I say like, so I understand that 
maybe your stomach looking a bit flatter is normal. Neurotypical people would do this. They would look at their stomach and think, wow, I feel great about my body today. But is the right reaction and the reason for doing that not eating? And that is no, no, there is no reason on earth that someone should stop eating to change what they look like. And Mm. what I do is I come up with a solution that if I really do feel bad about my body, um, that I eat a little bit cleaner today or I do some exercise or I go for a walk, but I always make sure that I'm eating full meals and that at least one, one person around me knows that this is the way I'm feeling and they can check in on me and say, have you eaten today? Yeah. Wow. You know, thank you so much for sharing that and, and being so open and vulnerable, you know, that takes courage Dakota and uh, knowing your journey and knowing where you've, you've been uh, and where you are today is pretty inspirational. Uh, You know, that voice of reason, I I love how you use that um, so beautifully. And the thing is a lot of our listeners here may be thinking, yes, but how do you learn that? Because here's the thing, our environment, who we're surrounded by, our circle of influence really matters. And there are people out there who potentially are having those thoughts, who are in that emotional role on that emotional roller coaster and find it very difficult to come off that. Um, you know, and the thing is, I, if, if you wouldn't mind sharing, how have you learned that? From where have you learned that? Because, you know, we, we only model behaviours and thinking that we learn and see. And so if we're surrounded by people who are modelling toxic, negative self-talk, obviously that's what we're going to be doing. You know, if we're surrounded by people who are modelling um you know, opportunities and positive sort of talk and sort of maybe looking at things a little bit different and that, you know what, this is what's happened, but this is what, and so I'm curious, you know, how is it that you've started to think that way? Well, I would definitely attribute it to the people I surround myself with. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I used to have like um, at the start of my high school journey, um, I had a group of friends and um particularly there was like two or three people that just were very very toxic towards themselves very very toxic towards others um and it really didn't help my mental health whatsoever because um they didn't understand i wasn't able to talk to them about it and if they ever were to find out or find something that i was doing odd or destructive instead of trying to help me or ask me why they would make fun of it they would um just really they would just really make a joke out of it um and not Mm. take it seriously and it made me think that this was okay for me to do and that Mm. people weren't taking it that seriously so it wasn't that serious of an issue Mm. um and it's just it's really difficult to get yourself out of that spot and I actually wasn't able to get myself out of that spot I ended up staying friends with them for about three years until finally they pushed me out because um, they were sick of they were sick of me. To be honest, just standing up for myself and believing in stuff other than toxic and destructive behavior and putting others down. And so then they kicked me out. I was devastated about it. Um, I I for ages I couldn't figure out what I had done wrong. And then I just realized I hadn't done anything wrong. And it was just there wasn't a reason and that was okay. And then I found a new group of friends and it took me many, many tries and many, many um, uh, months of me searching around friendship groups to find the right one that worked for me. 
Mm, beautiful. And the right group of people. Well said, well said. Uh, you mentioned self-parenting. Now, here's the thing. Self-parenting um, is parenting. So clearly what, what, what you're doing is that you've taken on certain qualities, certain, I guess, actions, certain thinking, certain behaviours to self-parent. But parenting means something different to each and every one of us. And so if we could delve a little deeper here today for our listeners and our viewers of what parenting means to you specifically and how have you learned those behaviours? Well, I definitely I would say in my journey of being parented as a child, um, it's been a very interesting one, I would say, because um i've got i've got two mums um and one of my mums um is very could you explain I would that say, for our listeners and viewers if that's okay with you yeah absolutely so um Thanks, I, yeah my my parents are gay i grew up with two lesbian mums um and i i have a donor dad i didn't meet him until much later on but i i was a donor child um and yeah basically a, a guy just helped my parents have a baby um they're divorced now um but anyway, so I, I live with my non-birth mother and I would say that her way of parenting throughout my life has been very thoughtful and very um, kind of learning as you go, I would say. And um, so far, it's just been her listening to me and her uh, using her life experiences and uh, having an open mind and... Um, just being really supportive and being unconditionally supportive, but then also listening to what isn't helpful, what is helpful, um, making sure that everyone's happy and just really just being really supportive. I can't describe it any other way than just listening to other people, listening to others and what they need is so important when you're um, a parent, I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely is, you know, and um, I'm really, and thank you for sharing uh, your, your journey with us again and your experience and, uh, with, with your parents um, and, and, you know, the experience that you've had with your parents divorcing, that can be quite tough, you know, so I appreciate you sharing that with us and being vulnerable and open here. Uh, having someone to listen to us really matters. You're 100% right there, Dakota. Not listening with an agenda or not listening with judgment or not listening with the view of, well, I'm right, you're wrong, but listening openly to hear. And well, you and I have had some conversations in the past as well, even off, offline, off screen here and off uh, the podcast. And, you know, you've mentioned that, uh, your non-birth mom has this incredible way of making you feel like you matter, like your opinion matters and there's no judgment there. And you mentioned the, the unconditionally accepted and loved, and that is so important to be accepted unconditionally without having uh, rules all the time or, and by rules, I don't mean do this, do that. I mean rules uh, that you have to be a certain way to be accepted. Now, I could be wrong here, but I'm guessing that you're modeling those behaviors. You're modeling those thinking processes that your non-birth mother has taught you over the years. And so suddenly now you've started to accept yourself. Absolutely. And I definitely would also say that um, I think there, uh, I don't know whether I know some parents, I would say some parents um, of today's generation and definitely parents of the previous generation have kind of thought that parenting is about 
control and hierarchy and I am the decision maker in this house and you will listen to me. Um, And whilst I would agree with that, I would also say that um, be not being an overbearing and controlling and a helicopter parent is the best way to go because um, I can definitely attest that in my household, things are incredibly, incredibly peaceful. Um, And I have respect for Cara and uh, sorry, my mum, and uh, she has respect for me. Um, and because we have mutual respect, um, the high, I also, we also respect the hierarchy. So I respect, hey, mum, can I go out for a walk or can I do this later? And if she says no, she will also explain why. She'll say no because of this. She doesn't just say no because I don't want you to. She says, no, I, I just don't feel comfortable with that but I would feel more comfortable with you doing this. And we always come to a resolution and an agreement. Um, and it makes me respect the hierarchy more. Um, and if she asks me to do something, I am automatically immediately receptive to it, as opposed to someone who's like, Dakota, you didn't do this. Therefore I am going to be super mad at you. Uh, you can't go anywhere until you do this, blah, blah, blah. Being asked nicely, and being respectful of one another and being mindful of one another, especially because my mental health has been very fragile at the moment has made such a difference. Um, and I, I really do respect, um, the way that things are in this house. And I have, I have not rebelled against my mom in any way, shape or form, um, since living here. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, everything you said right there, there are so many, um, pardon me, gold nuggets. I said I was going to cough, didn't I? So many gold nuggets in everything you just said, Dakota. And I just want to thank you for that. And I trust that our listeners and viewers um, took all of what you said on board, because here's the thing, you know, there'll be many listeners and viewers out there that that'll say, yes, but my child is this way, or my child suffers um, this illness, or my, my child has Asperger's or my child, you know, is, um, uh, is, um, you know, autistic or whatever, all of those things don't matter. It's how we uh, are and how receptive we are and how accepting we are. Like you said, with Cara, you know, she listens to you. She listens to your viewpoint. She asks for your um, input. There is no hierarchical um, per se. And there is an equality there. Like you feel almost that you're equal, which is why uh, quite honestly, it's the way that it is in your home. Uh, Would I be right in saying that? Absolutely. She just, she just makes sure that I'm as comfortable as possible. And I'm telling you, like if there, if you're a parent out there and your kid has any mental illness, any sort of um, things, anything that they're dealing with, like Asperger's autism, anything OCD, ADHD, listen to them. My one advice, my biggest piece of advice can be listen to them because you might think that doing research and reading books and listening to other people can help you. And that is true. Most of the time that does help. There are, there's also, everyone is different. The one person that knows what they need the most is that person. And they're not stupid. They're not dumb even with my depression, even with my mental illness, even with um, suicidal tendencies and eating disorders, I know what is right and what is wrong. I know what is healthy and what is unhealthy. And I am so honest and open about the fact that 
um, I know what I need. And my mom is also really receptive to that. And so if I say, mom, I'm really trying to help out around the house or I'm trying to make sure I put away my dishes um, at the sink once I finish something, but I keep forgetting because I can't concentrate on anything and my brain does half of a task and then forgets about it. I'm really sorry. She's like, I know I understand and I have been helping you and I, I totally get that. Don't worry. Wow. Um, and she's really helped me in just to put it in, in perspective about three weeks ago, I couldn't concentrate for more than five minutes. I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to leave my bed. I felt like life was pointless. I had no creative hobbies or interests whatsoever, which um, as someone who usually has very, very like intense um, interests in specific things, that was really scary for me, not being interested in doing anything that I loved anymore. I was so mm. scared. Um, and now I actually, my room for the first time in my life has been clean for about a week and I've been cleaning it. And that sounds ridiculous, but I've been cleaning it every single day, like every single day. Um, and it, it that, it, I, that is something I've never done before. I've made my bed every single day. That is not something I've ever done before. Um, I have voluntarily been doing, been doing schoolwork after not attending school for two weeks. That is something I have never done before. And it is school holidays at the moment. So that is crazy. Mm. Like yesterday I just woke up and I was like, I'm a bit bored. I think I'm going to finish the rest of a, an English stack I have to do. I never wake up and say that. And I attest my thriving to the fact that over this course of my recovering and the medication process and everything that I've been through, that my mom has been so supportive and caring and loving and understanding of the process itself of my mental health and respectful of me and helping me. She's been aiding me and not the way that she thinks is necessary based off whatever she's experienced or whatever she's read or whatever she's thought, but based off what I'm saying. And that is powerful. That is powerful based on what you're saying. And you know, a lot of parents don't know how to do that. And I think it's their own fear of um, not knowing that fear takes over. And so they go into, um, you know, desperate mode or, you know, fear or flight mode. And so they just sort of do whatever they think. And I just want to acknowledge you for doing what you've been doing the last few weeks. That Thank is you. incredible. Well done. You know, it takes a lot, Dakota. It really does. And when it we're really going does. down, yeah. And, you know, for you to be able to come up from where you were and to push in to sort of, you know, inspire yourself and motivate yourself takes a lot. It's not an easy task when you're, I guess, dealing with so many other underlying issues. Uh, knowing though that you're in such a safe space and that the person around you is so accepting of you, and even more than that, asks you how you're feeling, asks you what it is that you're wanting right now, but listens to you when you say, I really can't wash these dishes right now. You know what I mean? Like at this point in time, my brain is just not functioning the way that it should. And for someone to say, you know what, Dakota, that's cool. That is absolutely okay. Um, that is enormous. That is the difference that makes the difference in a relationship. Dakota, I remember a couple of conversations ago you and I had where um, you spoke about uh, you know, this one time, and if I may share, you find, found it very difficult to get out of bed. Um, and it was okay. It was okay. And I asked you, well, how is it that you got yourself out of bed and didn't allow that to 
um, hijack your thinking and take over. And you said once again, because of my, my mom, you know, my non-birth mom being there and being so receptive of me. It's huge, isn't it? It's it. I can't tell you mm. how much different this experience would have been if she wasn't here. Mm. I, I cannot tell you. It, it's just the, my experience, um, with recovery, uh, from like mental illness has been, well, you obviously can't fully recover because you'll have the mental illness for life, but especially with depression, but from recovering from this really, really bad spot that I've been in, it's just been incredible. And I can't, I can't imagine what well, I can, because I actually have been through going, getting out of a dark spot. You have, you've experienced her, everything. But, yeah. You're not making yeah. this stuff up. I mean, this is stuff that you're living with every single second. of every yeah. single I can't imagine this time being yeah. as bad as it was not having her around or yeah. her, her not being able to help me. But um, the last time that I went through this, not this time, but the last one, um, it, it looked much different. Um, I didn't really have her around. My parents were in the middle of a divorce and it wasn't Cara's week um, and something had happened. Um, and I did not leave my room for three days. Mm. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to stay in bed. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't, mm. I didn't go anywhere. I just stayed in bed for three days, miserable and just very, mm. very, just very in a very bad spot. Um, and I stayed like that probably even when I left my room and even when I wasn't in that situation anymore, I, I still mentally stayed that way for about two or three weeks before I was able to fully pull myself out of that hole um, and get to where I needed to be to actually function on a normal level. And it was just, it was, it was a whole battle. And even though this journey has taken me a lot longer than that three weeks, it was so much easier. I have to tell you, it was so, so much easier. And even just taking baby steps, really really has helped as long as those baby steps were strong and I didn't move back a step like yeah. that's what I've been thinking instead of taking four big strides for and forward and then having to take three big strides back because I wasn't able to do it taking strong baby steps in the right direction and not looking behind you is the best thing because yeah. yes yes you might fall behind and yes it's going to be ups and downs but for me taking st small, small steps in a bigger direction, in, in the right direction and not looking behind me and making sure that I'm just doing what I know that I can do every single day and what I'm capable of and watching that capability um, go up was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it would have been difficult to, because you had progressed so, so much and then suddenly pull back again because of the environment that you were surrounded in um, sort of, I guess, you know, that, that, that was the outcome that you got at that point. Uh, being surrounded by and having access to someone like uh, Cara, you know, your, your um, non-birth mum, means it's it's it is a difference it makes a difference now i know that uh there's going to be some of our listeners out there who potentially may not have um you know that around them that may may not have that person around them like the likes of cara and any other caras out there but what's wonderful is that we always know that there is always someone that we can reach out to who has those qualities and I think it's really important to uh, reach out to those people because, see, we model behaviours. As human beings, 
it's this monkey see monkey do mentality and this is how we're wired and so for us to have access to people who will be able to teach us these amazing ways of thinking like Kara has you Dakota um, it does help with us self-parenting ourselves, right? So your self-parenting um, learning, your self-parenting strategies has come from the learnings of Kara and others like Kara that you surrounded yourself with. And you're now giving yourself other choices. You know, you, you've got other tools to be able to help yourself out of that. Uh, so it is really, really important and it matters, um, for you know, with whom it is that we, we hang around with. That is incredible, Cara, uh, Dakota. I almost called you Cara then. Dakota, that, that's <laughs> terrific. You've, uh, you've shared some incredible insight here today and you've shared a lot of value. And I think you've shared some wonderful strategies for our listeners to tap into and even perhaps implement and maybe try. Uh, it's also, what you've also done though, is that you've raised some very important points for parents to become more self-aware of themselves and how is it be it parents grandparents um you know people who are looking after people carers whoever whoever it is uh to be able to tap into themselves because it starts with with self-awareness and when we know uh, where we're at in terms of our thinking, we're able to then control our responses to things rather than being reactive. We're more responsive um, to then be able to, to be there for our children or our grandchildren or whoever it is who needs us right now, who is potentially maybe going through some hard times, some times of, um, you know, whether it's mental health, whether it's learning new ways, whether it's on new medication, whatever it is. Is there anything that you would like to leave um, in terms of just a parting thought for our listeners, be it parents or, um, you know, someone who potentially is, is going through what you've experienced? I would definitely just say, have, sit down, have a conversation with your child. I think that's the most important thing you can do because the biggest, I would say, mistake or misunderstanding in parents that I have seen through in a lot, a lot of parents is them doing research or them attending different things like school meetings on how to battle depression or how to uh, battle your kid's unproductiveness. And if that child has a mental illness or if that child is struggling, those that information is probably not going to be correct and yeah. unfortunately i know that like there's a lot of like websites that parents will refer back to like beyond blue and things like that and those websites are great because they're they are trying to um spread awareness and help people with those illnesses um get better and the problem is everyone is different and so whilst that might work for 30 percent of people or 50 percent of people that child that you're taking care of might not be that person like might not work that way like for example i know some children thrive online some children thrive um outdoors so if you take away for example a, a very common thing i see is uh parents will say right well you didn't finish this or you're not doing well in this so i'm gonna take away this that you love mm. and that's gonna that's not only gonna deter them from doing the whatever you want them to do that's going to tell them you're punishing me for struggling with a task yeah telling struggling is wrong and i feel like parents need to teach their kids it is okay to struggle it is not okay to not ask for help 
That is the biggest thing I can say. If your child is struggling, Mm. teach them it is okay to struggle. Help them. Ask what you can do to help them and teach them it is okay and help them. Mm. And make sure that they feel comfortable as as like your child, make sure they feel comfortable asking you for help. Because if they don't feel comfortable asking you for help or you find out through their friend, a friend's parent, their psychologist, there is something that is wrong because they should have been able to talk to you. That's wow. my opinion. You know what? The most, the best advice I've heard all day. I kid you not. That is incredible. Great advice, Dakota. Thank you so much. And I think too, parents need to just not be so, um, not be so tough on themselves either. You, as parents, we don't have to know everything. You're we, allowed to make mistakes. Exactly. And so to turn around and say, Hey, you know what? I really don't know how to do this right now. How do you want me to do this? How do you want me to be? Who do you need me to be? What do you need me to do for you right now to make it easier? Just like Cara's been asking you, you know, exactly. who do you need? yeah. So what support can I offer you right now? Instead of I'm a parent, so I need to know the answer. So I'll just go and look it up. Like you said, go to all these places and all these things that we tap into, which are fantastic, by the way, I'm absolutely not knocking any of that, but intention is, a, is beautiful there. Absolutely. But what you said, Dakota is bang on in that, we are still human and we are so individual and we are so different on so many different levels. They are just a guide like anything um, to help us through. However, to hit the target, to hit the point is to ask questions. So, you know, Dakota, how, what can I do for you right now? What do you need from us right now? How will this be easier for you to maybe get through the dishes next time? If you're struggling, how can I do it better for you? What can I, you know, asking those questions to learn is important because that also empowers that other person, empowers you, Dakota, when you're asked these questions. And it shows that the parent really cares. Like they really want to know and learn about that person instead of disregarding, dismissing that they're even around and going and finding out from other people, other things and coming back and implementing that, that may not necessarily work. Exactly. I, a big, big thing I see is parents going to other parents and saying, my child's doing this. That's weird. What do you think? And getting their opinion on it. Those people, your friends, whether they are trained professionals in a mental health field or not, or if they're a nurse, if they're a doctor, or even if they're an accountant, it doesn't matter what they are. If they're a parent, their parenting experience, their parenting style, and their knowledge on the topic of if your child is struggling with something is going to be vastly different. I cannot tell you enough. The amount of times I have seen parents go, Oh, well this, this family, their kid also has this and this is what she's doing. It's like, well, guess what? I'm not that person and that's not going to help me. And they still, that parent still won't listen. It's just about listening. I cannot tell you enough. Wow. You know what? Well said. Jeepers. I, um, I cannot agree with you more, to be honest with you, because yeah, what happens to one person is not going to happen to the other person. It's not going to be the same and it's not going to be helpful. And again, they're all tools and they're all just things that we can take on. And, but we need to be asking those questions, ask more questions, not interrogate, not like you're interrogating, but ask more questions to learn, to really, really want to dig deep and know where is your your child at right now? Where is that person who's suffering or who's going through that, whatever they're going through or who's struggling right now? What do they need? 
yes, you've got all the tools, but it's what they need and that's what matters. And Dakota, I can't thank you enough for this powerful conversation. And I love having these conversations with you because it raises so many things. So I just want to say thank you so much for, for being on today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this. Oh, look, it's important, isn't it? It really matters. The most important thing probably yeah. I would say I've ever learned. Totally. Absolutely. And I just want to thank you for sharing that with everyone too, you know, because that way people know and, and, and feel that they're not alone. You know, they're not the only ones that are feeling this. Um, we're all pretty similar and yet so very different and unique. So we all need to know that we matter and that, um, but we're not alone as well. So thank you so much, Dakota. And uh, I just want to say thank you to, to um, for our listeners for listening to Reset Your Thinking podcast today. And before we go, please so sh show some love to Dakota and um, also for your favourite podcast by leaving us a review on Anchor. So it's anchor.f for Freddie, m for Michael, uh, forward slash reset your thinking. <laughs>